0: Irreverent, entertaining,
1: cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio.
2: You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm an intuitive psychotherapist and LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. You can find me online at nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And from my website, you're able to schedule sessions with me in person at my New Orleans or Los Angeles office locations Or you can work with me from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, or phone. You're able to listen to archived episodes of this show from NOLA Therapy, as well as subscribe to this show via the link to iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And I would really welcome you and appreciate so much if you would support my show through the crowdfunding campaign I have with Patreon. There is a link at NOLA Therapy. Additionally, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lisa Tahir, all one word. So I'm going to introduce my guest. In moments, I am going to be speaking with Patricia Marr. She has utilized both astrology and homeopathy pardon, as tools for healing with her clients for the last 40 years that she's been in practice. She is she has a master's in social Work, as I do, and a master's degree in homeop- homeopathy. I might stumble on that word all during the next hour. <laughs> Patricia, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, sunny, coolish day in New York. Oh, that sounds beautiful. I really appreciate you taking your time out to meet with me through my show and reach the listeners that are with us right now and i just want to give a shout out to two friends of mine of over 30 years kimmery long and jane miller that introduced us and i'm really grateful for them to put us in touch with each other yes i am too yeah So I I wondered if we could start the show by you telling us about how you use astrology and homeopathy as tools for healing and transformation.
1: Well, um, first of all, you know, I've been an astrologer for, as you pointed out, uh, for about 40 years. And um, what really drew me to astrology was seeing it as a language for better understanding ourselves and especially for understanding the, the struggles and blocks and various uh, challenges that we each have in our life. And, and it has always seemed to me that astrology also in its rich sim- symbolism lays out different pathways for for how we can transform and change what might be a, a block or challenge into something really positive and creative? That's always been my approach. And I've worked with people for for many years um, to to do just that. You know whether somebody is having a really rough time in their life or coming up against just a difficult patch or having trouble dealing with some old childhood wounds. Whatever the issue is, it feels to me, and it has been the case, I've seen astrology really really as a tool for helping people understand themselves better. And then about 10 10 years ago, I became a homeopath. It was a a midlife career change um, from uh, a whole other kind of community organizing social change life that I had. And and I studied homeopathy and started practicing that. And over the last 10 years, I've actually been, in, been able to integrate those two modalities and in many cases use both strategies with people as a healing tool.
2: I think that's really unique. And, and thinking how they are both languages for understanding who we are, and for our listeners, homeopathy's goal is to annihilate disease and restore health in an energetic sense by treating one's whole being, not just symptoms like in traditional Western medicine or allopathic medicine, which is through medications and surgery to treat symptoms that homeopathy is really to treat naturally and holistically and bring one system into balance. I wondered if you can... Articulate that a little more for our listeners.
1: Well, I have to say that was a great, that was a great little soundbite about homeopathy. Um, Thank you. It, it's true. Homeopathy is a form of energetic medicine. It is completely holistic, meaning that we treat the whole person. Um, and we do look for the, the kind of root cause of why people get sick. And we, we fundamentally um, believe in, in homeopathy that we each have the ability in our energetic systems to bring ourselves into balance and to heal disease. And sometimes we need a nudge, a kind of energetic nudge from uh, a, a substance in nature to help us do that. And that's the process of homeopathy. When I sit down with a client for a homeopathic interview I get their whole life story and their health history and and from that I get a sense of who they are and try to find a match an energetic match between some substance in nature and that person's entire self it's very challenging actually requires requires very deep perception and it's a process it's It's like therapy in that sense. It's like a process of peeling back the layers of the onion. And the homeopathic remedies, which are simply energized uh, preparations of substances from nature, um, help remind us how to be ourselves. They just give our, our entire systems a little energetic push, a little energetic nudge so that we come into balance in a very gentle way. It's a beautiful system.
2: It sounds like it, and and so comprehensive. I'm wondering if you can share, Patricia, when a client comes to you, how is it you decide and determine what is best needed to serve their needs that they come to you with? That's a great question. Um,
1: Somebody will come and say, uh, I and they'll say this is the problem. You know, the problem is I'm struggling with depression, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm struggling with fibromyalgia, I'm struggling with MS. You know, whatever the problem might be, whether it's, it's off the top a physical issue or an emotional, mental issue, there's always a problem that emerges, and um. And I, I, I try to see in how the person expresses their story, um, I, I try to perceive um, <clears throat> how this person interacts with their environment, how they interact with relationships, how they interact with themselves, what the nature is of the emotional wound they might be carrying that might have predated the, the manifestation of the disease.
2: And okay. when I have a picture of that, I will try to match it up with all the remedies. So I'm, I'm really starting to get a picture of how well this works with the kind of astrology you practice, which is Uranian astrology, and that system being an enhancement in its ability to reveal patterns in consciousness and in, in a person's soul journey. Would that be accurate? Yes. And interestingly and uh, coincidentally, although
1: we know there are very few coincidences in life. <laughs> right. Um, when, I, when I was in my 20s, I was mentored by one of the not very many practitioners of Uranian astrology. He mentored me. I want to give a shout out to Gary Christian who taught me. The foundation of Uranian astrology. And Uranian astrology was originally developed by a German homeopath in the 1920s and 30s. And in a way, what this German homeopath did was he kind of took the homeopathic case of the world around him every day and then he backed into the existence of a number of planets that haven't yet been identified as well as the conventional planets that we're used to using in astrology. And he developed very complex formulas for describing the, the really intense, difficult dynamics of Germany and the world in the 1920s and 1930s. And he brought his homeopaths eye to the study of astrology and the practice of astrology. And frankly, I think that's part of what trained me and sort of set me up to become a homeopath 40 years later.
2: Yes. And for our listeners that love research, as I do, that would be Alfred Witte, the German astrologer and homeopath, correct? Of the Kepler circle that that developed this system of astrology. And it was so interesting to learn that he was able using the geometrically based chart that he developed to actually predict when Russia was bombing um, certain areas. Uh, It was just so interesting. I'm blanking on exact dates and places, but he was able to predict in a way that hadn't been done before. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was an amazing, brilliant man. So using these trans-Neptunian planets and to, additionally to a, a traditional Western astrological chart, can you talk to us about how that all comes together and what that even means? Well, you know, conventional astrology,
1: regular Western astrology, which I love and which I also practice. I kind of combined that with Uranian astrology. Um, does an astrological chart, say a birth chart, um, and we do it as if we were the center of the universe, and everything we're moving around us. And it it gives us a very individually centered experience or picture of what our life experience is. Like this is about my birth chart is about me, and this is how I experience the world, and this is how I experience relationships and life around me. And in Uranian astrology, it goes beyond Neptune and Pluto, and um, includes eight additional planets that, uh, that, that really describe forces in society and on Earth that are much bigger, much more karmic, much more uh, transpersonal, uh, much more generational. And the other factor in the Iranian astrology is that the chart is laid out somewhat differently so that an individual's birth chart, for example, gets superimposed upon the chart of the earth itself so that we can see how somebody interacts with the world around us and how someone interacts with society, how somebody interacts with the big, with the big um, sweep of history, how somebody interacts with major, changes that are going on in the world around us you know there are some people who live their lives and don't necessarily interact with with the big issues of our time and then there are people whose lives get played out on kind of a bigger in a bigger arena and and those people's lives intersect with the big movements of our time uranian astrology gives us a much better picture of that
2: and that that makes sense to me, the the themes that the points of energy, the hypothetical planets of Uranian astrology having to do with the underworld, creative energies, uh, expanded wisdom and depth and transformation. And some of the things that I was reading about really make sense, especially what's going on in our times. And I know at some point you're going to talk a bit about the significance of the recent solar eclipse for us nationally and personally so I'm just thinking of how these, these, this energy system really addresses a lot of what we're experiencing now. That's right, and
1: you know, in in my work, um, you know, when I'm sitting with somebody, I I don't necessarily go into a great amount of detail about the Uranian planets, just because you know, understanding. The, the planets in our solar system astrologically is difficult enough, let alone going right, right. into great detail about things people have mostly never heard of. Um, but, but I do, in an astrology session, uh, I really look closely at the role of Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, those so-called outer planets, Um, and I also work a lot with the asteroid Chiron. And of course, I focus a tremendous amount on Saturn. But Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are so exciting and interesting to me because they they really represent parts of our psyche that are either unconscious or are transpersonal. They represent sort of archetypes of, of energy. They represent our shadow. They really play out for us in... In terms of some of the, our most difficult emotional habits and patterns, those and outer challenges. Planets, and challenges. Those outer planets also describe our creative urges, our spiritual urges, sometimes our compulsive behaviors, our addictive behaviors. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can, we can really understand ourselves and some of our most most difficult patterns by looking at the outer planets and also by looking at Saturn's position in the chart. When I look at the, the, as you call them, the hypothetical planets of Uranian astrology, that's where I get information about, about what happened three generations back to somebody. Okay. What happened, what happened to their immigrant parents from Haiti? What happened to, you know, the the Jews escaping Germany in World War Two, or, you know, that those deeper, what we call in homeopathy, kind of miasmatic influences from other generations really come through those planets.
2: So can you talk to us a bit more about the outer planets? And I know when I had the reading with you within the past year, and it, it's been a tremendous year of change and growth and really going deep within and getting close to my outer planets and what these wounds mean and, and how I've gone about healing them not so uh, not so what would be the word um, I've developed better ways to go about healing these wounds in the last year so can you tell our listeners more in detail how Neptune, Uranus Pluto, Chiron affect them well um yeah, um,
1: first of all, let me also say that I could probably hold forth about any one of these subjects for 24 hours straight. So please yeah. please interrupt me if I go on. Sure, of course. Um, but, you know, in a, just to give people sort of a snapshot, um, Uranus and Neptune and Pluto really represent very transformational energies that manifest they show up in our unconscious and they also show up in the world around us and they're they're so slow the planet those planets are so slow you know uranus's orbit is 84 years to get through the zodiac neptune is something like 170 or 80 years pluto is over 200 years to move through the zodiac so they spend a very long time in a particular sign so there will be a whole generation of people you know, people born in the 40s and 50s all had Pluto and Leo, for example. Um, and and those planets move so slowly that they don't have the kind of personal individual character in somebody's chart that say, uh, you know, knowing what sign or sun or moon or Mercury or Mars or Venus are in. Those are personal planets, those they represent really individual parts of our personality and the sign that they're in is very expressive. Well, you know, it's it's not that significant to me whether somebody's Pluto is in Leo or whether it's in Virgo. I mean, yes, that's important, but what's important is that we can only understand the action of those big, slow planets by looking at, history, by looking at the world around us, by looking at the trends that are occurring politically, uh, looking at the trends in, in, in art and music, in pop culture, um, looking at philosophy, looking at literature, we, we have to stand back a bit in order to really understand what those planets are manifesting. Now, in addition, those planets represent parts of our unconscious, right? So, so right. Uranus, Uranus, which was discovered um, around the time of the American and French Revolution, you know, Uranus is, is a planet that has a lot to do with polarity, with revolution. It's a very mentalized planet in the sense that it rules Aquarius, so it has to do with with ideas, with with uh, radical thinking, with um, with uh, revolutionary thinking, with ideology,
2: mm-hmm. and it,
1: it has to do with with radically upset, upsetting the apple cart. You're right. Okay breaks things down, turns things over. It polarizes, you know, think about what was going on in the 1770s and 1780s. You know, we had in Europe and the United States, at least this visionary radical vision of democracy that led to revolutions. And we also had, you know, ideological justification for the enslavement of Africans. So you had that kind of contradiction that's built into Uranus, where on the one hand you've got radical, visionary, democratic thinking, and on the other hand, you've got a split where you can ideologically justify the complete degradation of humanity. So that is a very classic Uranian kind of picture. Okay. By Uranian, when I use the word Uranian here, I'm, I, I mean Uranus. Yes. So, so, how does that operate in our lives? in our in our somebody's chart uranus is going to show up as sort of the chaos principle or it's going to show up as a really polarizing energy especially if that uranus is making an angle to a personal planet in somebody's chart mm-hmm. if it's making an angle to the sun or the moon or to mars mercury or Venus, or even if it's aspecting Saturn, you can get a real tension between Saturn trying to hold on tight and Uranus trying to bust out and and wreck everything in its path. We often experience Uranus as an outside force. We experience it as the accident. We experience it as somebody doing something in our lives that completely causes an upheaval it's the sudden dramatic tumultuous event the unexpected it's the unexpected it's potentially bipolarity right it's it's dramat it's it's it can it can manifest as dramatic changes of state in a person's psyche so you can see that if somebody has sun Uranus or moon Uranus in his or her chart that they may have had the experience of an incredibly unstable emotional environment. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So that's how I sort of see the action of Uranus. Um, And it can also be highly creative. It can be highly visionary. It can be Completely expansive and and brilliant,
2: right? I mean, it has just tremendous creative potential. potential. Yes, just like when something is destroyed, there's potential for the re- rebuilding, growth, starting over. As as hard and challenging as that can be, it also That's can right. can be really transformative.
1: And and it's it's Uranus that has brought us great leaps and discoveries and and the technological revolution and things like that, right? I mean, you can think of all the expansion that's occurred just in our lifetime with technology, and a lot of that has been um, related to Uranus. Or if we look at what happened several years ago when Uranus entered Aries for the first time in 84 years, and we saw... Revolutions happen like Arab Spring, right throughout the. Yeah. Cities. That was a real manifestation of Uranus and Aries. Um, so those are some of that's that's a real nutshell on your uh, about Uranus. With the planet Neptune, you know Neptune it, it rules Pisces. It, uh, it its symbol is the ocean. And Neptune is an incredibly complex force in our lives. And we experience it internally and in many times as, the, as an urge to sort of merge with something bigger than ourselves. It's, it's the place in us that wants to taste sweetness. It's where we want oneness with all things.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you could see that that can be tremendous when it comes to creative inspiration. Yes. Um, you know, artists who can sort of touch Neptune and channel incredible, incredibly beautiful or, you know, transformative kind of art and music and literature. Right. And you could also see that that Neptune could make it on a personal level, really difficult to have boundaries. It could make somebody want to lose themselves in another person or lose themselves in, in a, a state behavior. of being. Yeah. Addiction, in a behavior, uh, It could be in positive addiction. or negative. Yeah, exactly. So it's really, you know, you have to really get to know these planets and where they are in relation to factors in one's individual birth chart and really understand what kind of influence do they have on our personal planets, and you know why how and why are our patterns of life maybe really wrapped up with them
2: and when you do a reading i'm sorry if you you, i was gonna say when you do a reading for our listeners to know that that you go in great detail as you did with me about what is going on in my life things to be aware of and 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 so so our listeners know you you really tailor this for the individual that you're working with. Absolutely. I mean, when I do somebody's birth
1: chart, I, I want to help somebody understand who they are and why life might, not only where they might stumble in their lives, but where the avenues are to turn those challenges into um, into creative, transformative things for them. Yes. So the only way to do that, I think, I think that astrology is very helpful in helping us understand these dynamics. Like, God, you know, when somebody says, "Why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep getting involved with people who are fundamentally unreachable?" Well, the yes. answer yes. to that question. Is going to be in the birth chart, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why c- can't I ever feel like I can achieve anything in my life? Why, you know, whatever the whatever the question is, whatever the pattern is that troubles somebody that they feel that they cannot kind of get mm-hmm. past, right? Or that move pattern, beyond. that pattern's going to be there, and the key to changing it is going to be there.
2: Yes. That's what I like hearing, the keys to change, because I think it can become overwhelming to feel like we're uh, lost in this fixed system when, when we're not. There are options and opportunities right. to be able to work with these energies to transform ourselves, and then our, our experiences change as a result. That's right. That's right. And,
1: you know, that's where I, I look to Saturn as, as one of the keys to transformation, because... You know, Saturn in a birth chart often indicates how we compensated uh, for whatever wound we have carried since childhood. Saturn rushed in to protect us to lay on the scar tissue so that we wouldn't be hurt over and over again. And, And we get used to that scar tissue being there. And you know how scar tissue can impede movement. Yes, we have an impediment. We have an impediment to moving forward in our life, and we get mad at that impediment, and we got to love that impediment. We got to understand it, and we have to integrate that impediment so that it actually works for us. And mm-hmm. that's where Saturn. Saturn is the key to being able to do that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And we all have Saturn, and people complain about Saturn and call it an obstacle, but we got to love Saturn.
2: Saturn can help us regulate and I think have healthy boundaries that keep us functioning in the ways that we want to and taking care of ourselves as well by setting limits with ourselves and others. Absolutely. And Saturn in astrology
1: rules the bones, right? And, And you think about the bones, first of all, it's our bone structure that gives us the form that we have on Earth. I mean, we're, we are bodies on Earth, and Saturn is a material planet that has to do with our life on Earth. That's why people hate it so much. <laughs> mm, I guess it's <laughs> not fun. Saturn, it's not
2: a fun <laughs> planet. Right.
1: But but think about it. Our bones are are really um, a vibrant, alive part of our bodies that protect our bone marrow, which is our, our lifeblood, right? Yes, yes. So, Saturn is such a protector and such a life giver and we have to wrestle each of us in our lifetime we have many opportunities to wrestle with Saturn and integrate Saturn and learn to love it and shift
2: it from being an impediment to being an ally. I have definitely learned to love Saturn and be aware of when I'm getting a message from Saturn to, to pull back or look at something a little longer and not be as quite as impulsive, as well as I love Pluto, as you were about to tell us more about. Yes, Pluto is, you know, the center of the volcano.
1: It's the most transformational energy of the zodiac. It, uh, it rules Scorpio. It's got to do with really deep, cellular change and uh, it's life, death and rebirth. And it's kind of like the great goddess, you know, it's an aspect. It's got many aspects of the great goddess. It's got the life giving birth part. It's got the, the midwife part and it's got the death part. So Pluto is, is a force to be reckoned with. And it's, Often shows up in us personally as a desire to control our environment, a desire to control something or someone, or we experience it as force from an outside person or situation or thing. Um, but there is a, a need with Pluto to burn through parts of our life so that we can become whole. Mm-hmm. So we also have to learn to love Pluto as well because yes. Pluto has, it it, it it represents the part of us that has a very deep sense of what we really need in our lives and we often have to go through crisis and life and death experiences in order to uh, to really integrate it. So if somebody really fights the Pluto in their chart, there can be mm-hmm. some very split-off split off destructiveness.
2: Okay. Okay. How, and that's
1: how, why it's so important to deal with.
2: How do your clients typically um, respond to when you're telling them about these types of themes? How? What has been your experience? My experience is that people really appreciate hearing about them
1: because very... Few, there are very few places in society right now, and I'm sure you find this as a psychotherapist, where people can really fall apart, where people can really dig into their stuff and have a language for grappling with their stuff and not just cover up their stuff with medications or whatever else. but but you know, part of what I encourage people to do is to really engage with these parts of our psyches productively, creatively and and get to know them. And, yes. and and under and if we have a language if we have a language for understanding what some of these dynamics are, it's much easier to do that instead of just feeling ground down by Saturn and Pluto or addicted by Neptune or right. shattered by
2: Uranus. Yes. So people appreciate hearing about these yes. themes because sometimes it's not easy, yes. I think, to hear about these aspects of oneself and then have to determine what what we're going to do about it, if if anything. That's right.
1: There's always... A way through. I mean, that's what I yeah. love about astrology. None of these forces or symbols have only a, one manifestation. They're they're very complex. I mean, and really, I, I if there are astrologers listening up there, I know you're thinking, oh, but she didn't talk about the deceptiveness of Neptune or whatever. I mean, I could go on and on and on about each planet. There's a there's a lot to say. And there are many positive qualities to all of these energies as well as sort of unconsciously negative qualities. Yes. But the more we can understand them, we can make the urges conscious in ourselves, the more healing
2: there can be. Yes, I agree. What what do you want to focus on next? What do you think is important for listeners to know today? Well, I, I would like
1: people to know that we're in a very uncertain time right now, and a lot of that has to do with the dynamic angle between Uranus and Neptune, which has been with us all summer long. And I'm sure you're seeing this in your practice as well, but people are very unsettled. Yes. Know? There's yes. just a lot of insecurity. There's a lot of fear. There's um, a, a great feeling of, um, of just instability. We don't know what's going on from one moment to the next. And some Absolutely. of that is, is also reflected in the political sphere. It's reflected in people's personal lives people are moving people are having to move people are changing their their jobs they're changing everything there are these massive hurricanes people are displaced it's, it, there's just so much water moving around the mm-hmm. planet and we're seeing mm-hmm. we're seeing some of this astrologically as well so it's a very difficult time and i just want to let everybody know that the other great thing about astrology is that It gives me a perspective that nothing stays the same. Everything is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And so nothing, even if it feels like we're in a hard time, it is changing and it will shift into some other kind of period. So nothing sticks around forever. And I want everybody to remember that we're going to get through this, in other words.
2: So a message of hope. We are going to get through this. Things will settle I think it's about individuals grounding themselves and their loved ones personally, finding what helps you feel secure and safe and and soothed, and to really turn to those types of practices right now right. On, on a daily basis. That's right. If that's able, right. that's right. More yoga, you know? right? Right. <laughs> um, I, I used it, to
1: practice It is yoga. a very
2: unsettled
1: thing. Yeah.
2: Do you practice yoga, Patricia?
1: I do. I do. Okay. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, so things like that, I think anything that we can do to to center ourselves right now is really, really important. I
2: do as well. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk yes, about the, the recent solar eclipse or what? what is on your, I just really want to leave it open for you to express what's most important that you want listeners to know today.
1: Um, uh, yes, we did have this very significant event on August 21st, the, the solar eclipse, uh, that fell in the last degree of Leo and, um, this with a major event, eclipses are always important because, uh, of course, solar eclipses fall. Always on the new moon, uh, lunar eclipses always fall on a full moon. And they really uh, crystallize the potent energies of the new and full moons. They, they kind of amplify the impact of, of the new and full moons. So the solar eclipse of August 21st fell on on a new moon in the very last degree of Leo. And what was significant about it? It was particularly significant for the United States because this was the first eclipse to have exclusive landfall in the United States in 1776. Very. And cool. it also, yeah, and it also fell um, on a degree of Leo that is very significant in the chart of the United States. So. You know, I don't ha- I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know, but the eclipse really signified a, a, a really intense watershed moment for the United States. Um, and we're in a period of tremendous tumult as a nation. The eclipse fell right on the moon of the United States chart, the moon being at the, at the very end of Aquarius. So the moon in the chart of the United States signifies the public, right? So um, we are being pushed. Uh, The eclipse, an eclipse is always a push towards greater consciousness Mm -hmm. if we can can step into that. That energy, yeah. If we can let ourselves be pushed forward. So to me, the eclipse signifies can we live up to the Aquarian ideals that this nation says it was created on and how are we going to do that? And I think that that we've seen just since August 21st so many events on the shores of the country that are really raising that question. Yes. So it's an energetic push. It's a push towards consciousness. I think that is also true for people whose charts, whose natal charts interact with the chart of the eclipse with that last degree of, of Leo, mm-hmm. um, individuals will be getting also an energetic push forward to deal with big questions in their lives over the next few months. Um, so it was a very significant watershed, a, mom- a moment for the U.S. I think the, the intensity of the hurricanes in the Caribbean in yes. Florida and Texas all of that also you know was suggested by by the eclipse. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot on our hands to deal with as a nation. We are heading into the first Pluto return that we will have experienced as a nation and that starts in about the year 2020 when Pluto is coming back to the position that it was in, in the chart of the United States. So we have some work to do on our shadow side.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I want people to also be aware of that, that um, as, as unstable as this period feels, we have an opportunity over the next several years to really come to grips with our shadow. And that is a good thing because that's the way,
2: that's the way to be healthy is to deal with our shadow. And I think to be honest with ourselves about those shadowy impulses, be it violence, be it jealousy, um, other Things that we kind right. of, it's even hard for me to find the words right now because it's things we don't like to think about in ourselves that we feel that we, and and I like to remind clients that just because you have a feeling or a thought doesn't mean that you are taking that action or you're not necessarily acting upon it. So it's okay to start to learn what those impulses are that you might even feel ashamed, a lot of shame, I think, we experience around right. our shadow selves. and. When we, re- when we repress them, they can come out sideways in arguments with people or an act of violence that we might even be the recipient of if we're repressing our need to speak out in a, in a more, I don't know, aggressive way, like a more assertive way might be a better, a more accurate way to say that. Can you, can you say a little more about this as well? Because that's what I'm working on my clients with to own right now.
1: Yeah, well, I I think that was very well said because what Thank happens you. with with Pluto is that we have these these urges to be to express our power in a sense. And if we repress those urges, you're absolutely right they can come out sideways. And that's what can happen with Pluto combinations in somebody's chart. Mm-hmm. Is that is that it, we either experience repression at the hands of somebody else, or we experience violence at the hands of somebody else, or we exactly. have those impulses ourselves. Yeah. and you know we want we want to squelch those impulses, and then they can come out in all kinds of unconsciously powerful ways. And of course, the the nugget, the beauty that buried within Pluto is is the ability to generate tremendous creative power. And and by power, I don't mean power over other people. I mean power in and of ourselves. And I'll tell you, to circle back to the eclipse, I learned something very important in that eclipse. What was that? I went went to Tennessee to see the totality because I had never seen a total eclipse. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I maybe saw it when I was five years old uh, in a cardboard box, but I hadn't ever seen it in this way. And when the moon covered the sun, I had a moment of fear. Mm. I felt, oh my God, oh my God, the sun's going away. I mean, it was a moment of, of real instinctual fear. Yeah, And it made me really appreciate what it means in an astrological chart when a planet like the sun is covered up or aspected by a planet like Saturn or Pluto or Uranus uh, or Neptune yeah. or something. It made me really appreciate that in a visceral way. Yes. The other thing I learned was when the moon covered the sun, that although it got dark the shadows became really clear and distinct mm. in a way that was very cool. And that was a beautiful little lesson in the moon, right? That the moon yes. illuminates the shadow. That's what we love about the full moon is that when the moon is bright and shining full, everybody's stuff comes out. That's what we mean by the moon illuminating a full moon, illuminates the shadow side.
2: And our emotions. And I think there's things to look at. Absolutely.
1: And then the other thing I learned was as the moon started moving away on a, from the sun after totality, it had just moved a hair and the sunlight was so bright I had to put those glasses back on. Right. And that's how that's how powerful the sun is. So I got this again a really visceral picture that our solar cells are So beautiful and fabulous and just want to shine forth. That's all we want to do. We want to shine. Our sun energy astrologically represents our bodies from this earth and it's who we are and we want to shine forth all of who we are. And that was just so affirmed to me during the whole process of the eclipse. It was very powerful.
2: Patricia, so that's beautiful. I feel what you're saying, how everything became so clear for you experiencing the eclipse in the way that you did. So, yeah. So so all of these,
1: what we call symbols, you know, they're symbols, but there are these celestial bodies out there and they they represent such powerful, beautiful energies. And, um, and yes, even the even the planets we think are terrible and have a bad reputation they're they're incredibly transformational symbols for us
2: and i think they're the parts of us it, they represent the parts of us that need the most love and the most understanding and the most compassion instead of Absolutely. being locked away and repressed i've i've come to know that for a fact within every fiber of my being that these are the parts of us we need to love the most and ourselves and others to really bring transformation and healing um full circle that's right that's right because we can't just live
1: uh, we're all of we're all of it we're not just the happy sun, the happy moon, the happy Mars, Venus, Mercury. We're all of that. We are we got Saturn, we got Jupiter, we got Uranus, we got Pluto, we got Neptune, we got Chiron, we got all those other things going on. Yes.
2: And, and our goal is to be as integrated and as whole as possible. It is. Patricia, I want to give our listeners how they can reach you to schedule sessions with you. So I have just been talking to Patricia Marr, T A T R I C I A M A H E R, and you are on Twitter at Patricia Marr. You your websites are Patricia Mar and Patricia mar Astrology And you meet with people worldwide through FaceTime, Zoom, and Skype, and you have physical offices in Akron, Ohio and New York City. Is that accurate information? That's perfect. I really appreciate you being with us today, Patricia. I, I enjoyed hearing you and just absorbing everything. I feel like I've been downloading what you've been saying the last 50 minutes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate
1: the opportunity to to talk about these things, these You're important welcome. issues.
2: Well, I'll have you back on in the new year. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. That concludes our show for today. Please tune in next week as I bring you another guest. I hope everyone has a good week. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.